everybody. Welcome back to the Covenant Eyes podcast. I'm Karen Potter, one of your hosts, joined by Brandon Clark. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Karen. How are you today? You know, I'm doing awesome. I'm getting excited. It's spring. It's well, it's almost spring. I'm calling it spring. I'm already in like <laughs> spring cleaning mode in my house. I don't know about you, but I have been telling my husband, I'm like, okay, it's time to break out the dust rags. It's time to scrub every nook and corner. I'm over winter. So <laughs> Yeah, our horses saw their shadow. So I think that means like 12 yes. more weeks of winter in Minnesota. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, it's about time because I feel like everybody, especially in the northern states and in the Midwest, you know, we don't get a lot of vitamin D and, you know, you just yeah. don't see the sun. You don't see enough of it. So I think it's time to crack open that spring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure is. I agree yep. with that. Well, I'm excited today. We've got some amazing guests joining us and we are going to be talking about some great topics. So without further ado, Brandon, you want to kick us off with an introduction to today's guests? Yeah. So we're pleased to welcome Dave and Ashley Willis. They are part of the team at XO Marriage, which is the nation's largest marriage focused Christian ministry. They're also hosts of the Naked Marriage Podcast, which is currently the most downloaded Christian marriage podcast in the world. So we're very excited to welcome Dave and Ashley and have a great conversation about marriage, nakedness, sex, and even how porn destroys that nakedness, that marriage, that intimacy. So Dave and Ashley, thanks for being on with us today. Thanks for having us. We're excited. Yeah, I I feel guilty because we're coming to you from the South where, you know, we can't relate (laughs) to a lot of those hardships that God made Northern people just Just tougher. tougher. Like you guys are just (laughs) tougher because, you know, we we walk outside and it's like we were saying before, like if it's 50 degrees, we feel like God's persecuting us. Like, why, Lord? (laughs) Why is it so cold? And you guys are like 50 degrees. We get sunbathe. I know. You're like, it's balmy. That's shorts weather up here. Like we break out the shorts. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, it is so great to have you guys joining us today. Thanks so much. And for everybody else that's down south, you know, we we look to you and we just wish we were down there with you. So <laughs> <laughs> come visit anytime. Anytime. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know, Dave and Ashley, I would love to just start with this. The idea behind the Naked Marriage podcast, because that is a name that draws a lot of attention and probably pulls people in, not knowing what they're about to hear. Talk a little bit about that and how even just the the name, the striking nature of that name has allowed you to minister to married couples. Yeah, no, we love talking about that. And first of all, the word naked, just as human beings, it gets our attention. It's a fun word. Um, and in marriage, we believe like, let's be naked as much as possible in the physical sense, because that's what we think of when we think of nakedness. But really, we call it the naked marriage because it's based on the first married couple, Adam and Eve. And back in Genesis 2, it talks about how God created them and they were naked and unashamed. And they were naked physically, but they were also naked mentally, emotionally, spiritually. They weren't holding any secrets from each other. They had that vulnerability. And then we know that sin enters the picture. They doubt God and um, listen to the serpent instead of God. And really everything kind of goes crazy, you know, and we live in that. But we know that God created us to have that kind of that kind of connection with him and with each other, that nakedness. And so really the naked marriage is really reclaiming that, reclaiming God's design for marriage, where we don't have secrets from each other, where we are totally naked in every way, because we believe that that's, that's what God wants us to be with him, obviously, but also as married people, he wants that for husbands and wives. That is so good. That authenticness that, you know, really it, it's hard to do, especially when you're yeah. first married yeah. with your husband, because culture 
culture is this way of kind of shaping, like we put on facades, right? Our whole online personas aren't really who we are. And then, you know, when we get married, we're starting to peel back all those layers and we have to get to that where we're vulnerable and we share everything. It, it's not easy. How did you guys get to a place where that was comfortable? Or did you just show up in marriage? Like we're here. That's what we're all about. <laughs> no, I mean, I think everybody desires that. I think God puts in our hearts a desire for that kind of vulnerability and to, to know and be fully known by someone the way that God knows and fully knows us. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of us are scared of it too, because it, it requires vulnerability and it requires, you know, showing the parts of ourselves that aren't as attractive, not only physically, but, you know, when we're bearing our soul to somebody and sharing our, our struggles, our secrets, our past, you know, our regrets, our insecurities, all of those things, they take a lot of courage to share. And it's always uncomfortable at first, but it's, it's entrusting someone enough to wade into that discomfort and finding that it's a safe place with each other, that, that intimacy really grows. And intimacy is a lot more than just, just sex, even though that, that physical intimacy is a great part of it, but it's so much more than that. I mean, it's, it's being able to just fully feel connected and trusted and safe Mm -hmm. with someone. And I believe that's still God's desire for every marriage, but I think our culture is kind of given us a lot of counterfeit messages that are causing us to settle for, for something far less than that. And so our podcast, our whole ministry, the, the resources we create are really just trying to point people back to the original design for marriage because it's still, it's still the best. And in your podcast, you really hold nothing back and there's no topic off limits. How have you seen that received when you're willing to talk about things like sex or, or even oral sex or you know, just intimacy in general, how to date your spouse. There's so many different, there's a wide range of topics. And yet it all goes back to what you're saying about that, that biblical plan that God created for marriage. Oh yeah. No, you know, it's interesting. We really base a lot of our episodes on messages that people send us. And over the years of doing this podcast and doing marriage ministry, we found that for Christian people, a lot of times they felt like there wasn't a safe place to talk about things like oral sex and, or to, to really have questions about their sex life with their spouse. And and like you said, even things outside of the bedroom, because, you know, great sex doesn't start inside the bedroom. It's outside of the bedroom. It's all those little things leading up. And like you said, that intimacy, that level of intimacy. And so we decided we were like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to do our best to answer this and also bring in experts because we feel like, you know, God created sex. So we shouldn't feel ashamed as married people. He created it for married people. We shouldn't feel ashamed to ask questions about sex itself. And so we, we do, we, we try not to shy away from anything. If we don't know the answer, you know, we, we go and we find someone who does know the answer as best we can. Uh, Cause we do want to give people tools to not, you know, to not only like listen to the podcast and learn something really what's even more important are the conversations that they're going to have with each other, because that's what we really hope, you know, every time somebody listens that they, that they go and take it a step further and talk to their spouse about it and really have a breakthrough and, um, you know, experience the intimacy that we're talking about. It's great because we have this outlet called podcasting where we can get this kind of information, but have you guys found that churches are kind of avoiding this topic with a 10 foot pole or have you actually been able to kind of break into some of the churches to get them to embrace and talk about this in a place where, you know, we are supposed to connect and learn and grow together, right? Yeah. I think churches are coming, coming along with it. Yes. Um, I think, you know, we grew up kind of in the, in the height of the purity culture movement in churches where, um, you know, sex was was elevated as it should be, as this gift that that's worth waiting for for marriage, and and that part of the message about sex was communicated clearly. 
but so many of the other aspects of sex about the freedom that we should have in marriage and the beauty of it and the gift that God created it to be. I feel like those were, were kind of not talked about as much. And people that had genuine questions about sex in the church, um, they didn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. And if the church isn't answering questions about sex or about anything for that matter, then people are going to go to the culture for answers and they're going to get the wrong answers. And so we're trying to not only through our podcast, have these conversations, but really encourage church leaders to be willing to talk about these things because, you know, people are are hungry for information about this. And if we're not talking about it from God's truth, then people are going to Google it and who knows what they're going to find. But churches have come a long way. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that the events that we do, the live events we do, we always do them in partnership with a local church um, because we, we just feel like that's God's design. You know, we don't want to be independent of the church. We want to partner with the church and do our part to kind of raise up the local church, but it's still awkward for people. I mean, I get that. It's still awkward to, 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 you know, hear, you know, hear words like, you know, sex and oral sex and masturbation. Yeah. And you know, know, when in, in, in a, in any setting, but especially when you're sitting in a church, people are like, Whoa, are we allowed to talk about this? And, And we just try to break the tension with laughter and say like, yes, God made this God, God created your genitals. God created the gift of sex and it is a gift intended for marriage. And he has created so much freedom for married couples to enjoy. We just say, you know, you should, you know, paint the word freedom over your headboard because God has created so much freedom for married couples where your marriage bed should be the safest place on earth for you both. Um, Not a place to exploit each other or to try to like, you know, just pressure each other into these, these porn fueled fantasies or anything like that, but a place to, fully know each other and be known and celebrate that pleasurable gift that God created married couples to have because people in marriage that are following Jesus, loving each other, they're the ones that should have the best, best sex lives on the planet because that's, that's how God created it. Mm-hmm. But we've believed this myth that, you know, sex is the cultures now. And we as Christians just need to be in these like celibate marriages, I guess. And it's just the wrong message. And so we're just, nothing we say is, is new. We're just trying to point people back to, to that original, beautiful truth. Right. I love that. And to me, it's like a dance, right? Our spiritual lives growing in that sexual intimacy with our spouse. It doesn't, we don't just pick it up right away, right? There's, there's a learning curve. There's a process. And as you get to know each other, as you get to know the Lord, it seems like the two just tie so well together. Can you talk a little bit about that, that as you're growing in intimacy and not just physical intimacy, but intimacy as a whole, as a married couple, that's drawing you closer to God as well. Oh, I believe that 100%. I think that, you know, you know, there's the whole triangle where God is at the top of that triangle. And then there's the husband and wife on equal ground, kind of growing together, growing towards God together. But then he brings them closer together as they grow closer to him. And I love that. It's just a beautiful, that beautiful cord of three strands that's described in Ecclesiastes. And I love that. And I think that the more that we are intimate with God, the, the more intimacy we can have with each other. And we can also trust each other more. I think that you know, when it comes to to sexual intimacy, we don't talk about trust a lot. You know, we, people talk about tips and they talk about the physical side of things, but there's so much more that goes into it. And I totally agree with you. Like with us, you know, personally, it, 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 it's been a dance. It's been like a gradual growing together. We've been married almost 22 years and there's such a deeper intimacy. Just the more you know each other, the trials you go through, the high moments, the low moments, and just building on that trust. And also maybe in moments where that trust has been broken and then rebuilding that trust. 
And uh, that is something that's part of our story. Um, And I know you guys talk openly about this, so we can just dive right into this if you'd like. But, you know, early in our marriage, uh, Dave, actually, like I, I didn't even know this was going on, but I knew something was funky in our marriage. And we had, you know, a great marriage. Like you would, if you looked at all aspects, it's like, this is a great marriage, but I felt like, and and I know Dave, you know, certainly felt like there was just this ceiling a little bit, like there's something there. I didn't know what it was. And I wasn't, I was praying about it. I wasn't active, actively searching for it, but I went to our basement one day to do something with my schoolwork. And I clicked on the computer and these porn sites come up. Like I, and I just was so shocked by it. This is way back in 2000, you know, early 2000s where this is like a big clunky computer. You know, it wasn't like it is today where it's just even more accessible. And, um, and I just, I just, it was like God in that moment really answered my prayer and showed me what was really going on. And, you know, at first I thought it was some creeper who broke into our dingy basement. And, and then I'm like, you know, oh yeah, it's Dave. Like this is Dave. Dave has looked at this and we need to address this. And I called him, you know, once I kind of, of course I was having all these different feelings and emotions and I called him and I just said, do you have something that you need to tell me? Cause that's what, all I could say. And he immediately knew what I was talking about. And that was, and he, it was real quiet for a moment, but then he said, you found it. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I just, I am so sorry. And it just, that was the start. Dave said it was like the worst day and the best day all at once because it was, it was the worst day because it was so hard. And, you know, it's ugly at the beginning of finding out that sin's been going on and there's been a lack of trust, you know, a breach of trust, but, uh, but it was the best day because, you know, Satan wants to keep us in the dark. He wants us to keep on believing the lie that porn is harmless, that, well, we're not really bringing a physically a person in there. So, you know, how are we hurting anybody? And really, you know, it's just something I'm dabbling in. Like he wants us to believe all those lies. And that's kind of where Dave was caught up in. I mean, but he did know, like he hated himself. Wouldn't you say, sweetie? Oh yeah. Like I, I mean, knew, um, you know, when I first fell into it as a teenager, like I knew it was wrong and I'd stay away from a while, but I never followed like a healthy biblical path to get free from something. I dealt with it in isolation and isolation is the worst way to deal with anything. Um, you know, and that's, that's why I'm so thankful for tools like you guys provide, yes. you know, and, and Kevin and I, you know, was part of our, is part of our family's journey, but yeah. um, it takes accountability in any part of life to really, to get free. Um, from any kind of addiction, from anything that's holding you back. And that's by God's design. You know, we, uh, you know, in scripture, it even says, you know, we confess to God for forgiveness, but confess one to another, you know, really for healing. You know, we have to have people in our lives that can hold us accountable, that can encourage us, cheer us on, pray for us and be on the journey with us. And if you're trying to deal with your struggle alone, like I did in those early years, um, it's just going to get worse. You know, you're not going to get free. And so, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I hate that I didn't have the courage to confess. I hate that I had to be, you know, caught, but I'm so thankful that I was because that started the process of healing and detoxing. And, um, and even that was a, was a messy journey. I mean, there yeah. was, there was at least one relapse. There was, um, you know, I, it was so ingrained in my mind that it was yeah. trying to break free from, from an addiction. And I, I didn't know how to do that, but I'm thankful for the the grace and support of an amazing wife who, who simultaneously made sure that there was accountability and that there was repentance, but also had grace knowing that, that, um, that I was essentially sick and trying to get well. And I'm so thankful for, for her and for others who came alongside us in that season. And, um, and that now we're in a place many years later, where we can, you know, talk about what we learned through that. But, um, it's, 
it's one of the biggest lies in our culture now, even within the church that, you know, porn's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and it is. And as you guys know, and the great work you do, um, you know, b- biblically, obviously we can point to many examples, but just in terms of, of neuroscience, in terms of, you know, data of what it does to relationships, what it does to the mind, there's nothing good, nothing good that comes from it at yeah. all. Um, and so if you're listening to this, if you're caught up in it, just know you're not alone. Um, and you, you need to get free from it and you don't have to get free from it alone. You can rely on the support that um, is available through covenant eyes support through ministries like ours at exomarriage.com. Um, tell the trusted friend, confess it to your spouse, but you, you've got to get it out there and you've got to start the work of getting free from it. And I promise you as somebody who's been stuck in that pit and is now on the other side, like it is no con it is such a, a counterfeit that you're living in and you can get to something so much better if you'll, um, if you'll do the work to get free from it. Well, and there is such freedom in it. And that's, and we experienced that. And, um, you know, even in at Dave's lowest moments, just, or even when, when I was having a moment, like, cause I think sometimes when, when we've been the spouse that like was wrong, so to speak, we can really get on our high horse and be like, I would never do that. Or I would never break your trust. And, and real quick, anytime I would have a day like that, the Holy spirit would convict me and be like, okay, listen, how many times today did you need to like seek forgiveness? Because you're a sinful person too. Like we have to remember that, um, that all of us, you know, all of us, uh, we miss the mark. We need Jesus. And, um, and I think when our spouse is dealing with something like a porn addiction, we have to remind them of who they are in Christ and that they're not their sin. You know, they're not defined by that. It's part of the journey. They've got to get free from it, but God is right there, you know, right by them, helping them get free from it. And we need to be by them. We need to help bear that burden. And, um, and it was messy, like Dave said, and, and you know, it certainly affected our intimacy you know, and there was a, a time of kind of just working through that, but we tried not to just, you know, not be physically intimate for a long period of time. Like we wanted to build that back up, but trust was such a huge part of that. Sure. Like we yeah. had to rebuild that trust. And Dave, you know, I had to first forgive him because God first forgave me. I had to forgive him first, trust it to God. But then that forgiveness really allows for Dave to, to rebuild my trust in him. And he does that through, you know, he, and he did that through consistent actions of showing me that he's not looking at porn, being willing to talk to me about it, being willing to answer any question I had to the level of detail that I asked for and, um, and not holding anything back. And here we are many years later, he's been free from it many years, praise God. And we're able to talk about it with people. And we, and we do, it's awkward. You know, Dave always jokes and says, you know, we've had our parents in the front row at church and talked about this and that's not comfortable. Right. But we want to, we want to take this out of the darkness and into the light, just like you guys do here. And we love the work that you do because I feel like let's get on the front end of this. Like, you know, we have teenage sons, two of our sons are teenagers, two of our sons are elementary schoolers. And we talk very openly about the reality of this. We don't act like it doesn't exist. And I'm just thankful that I feel like ministries and businesses and, and, you know, places that are working on trying to free people from porn addiction are doing like yourselves are doing such a great work. And finally, I think churches are seeing like, we can't act like this doesn't exist. Like we're not in a vacuum here. Like we're, you know, we're in the culture. Like we have to understand these things exist and talk about it with, with believers so that, that we don't feel like we can't, you know, th- that we know it's there, but also that if somebody is struggling with that, they can get the help that they need. Wow. Oh my gosh. What an incredible journey and story of redemption and healing. And it's so inspirational to our listeners. As you were talking, I'm thinking, 
about the next generation. So I have two children that are in their twenties and I think about their, their, you know, generation as well as the ones below them. We have couples now that are coming to the table where the female and the male are both struggling with pornography, which is a new dynamic. Um, do you guys hear about that? See questions from, you know, your listeners on your podcast and how do you guys speak into that? Because now you have two, two people that have, you know, they have to go through that journey and there's the woundedness and there's the healing and the restoration and it's double. (laughs) So how do you guys talk to and help those folks? Yeah. Great question. Well, it's, it's a very common dynamic. Um, And so if you're a woman listening to this and you're, you're caught up in this and you feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm a, I'm I'm a weirdo because this isn't a woman problem. You are not. This is um this is very much a a human problem. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, stereotypically it's been it's been pegged as a <clears throat> a male issue, but it's really not. It's uh it, it's effect. You know, women are the fastest growing demographic of porn users, and so many couples. It, it is both that are that are dealing with it, yeah. and whether it's one spouse or both spouses dealing with it, I think that the healing process is very much the same. And that's to, you know, to confess to God, to confess to each other, to put accountability measures in place, to find um, some same gender accountability partners that you can really have have in your corner and you can speak honestly to about your struggles and they can they can call you out, they can encourage you, they can do all those things and you give them permission to do that. Yeah. Um, and then to get, you know, very, very real in your conversations with your spouse and to work through, um, you know, to work through the, getting to the root of kind of where that's where that that counterfeit desires coming from, you know, um, not to shame each other, but just to say, what can we do to heal, you know, to heal that right? Um, and to detox from it and to support each other in that and not to blame each other and you know, counseling, um, but both individually and as a couple can be a helpful part of that. Um, but it's, it's a journey and give yourselves some grace and some patience because, you know, if, if porn has been a, a long-term struggle, uh, it's probably going to require a long-term solution. You know, we're in a culture that wants everything instantly, like the longest we'll wait for something is we'll wait two days for Amazon prime. That's like it, <laughs> two days. And that's anything longer than that. We don't want to do it, but God's plan for healing um, is usually, usually he can, I mean, he can deliver people instantly, but he usually, he usually makes it a longer process so that we have to do the work and that we have to trust him day by day. And we have to just build new habits and, Mm -hmm. and renew our mind. It says in scripture and renewing your mind, you know, if you've, if you've spent a long, long time, like I did putting that junk in your mind, it's going to take a long time to fully renew it by just letting your mind, you know, get healed from that. And give yourselves a lot of grace and patience for the for the journey. And I just want to, you know, reiterate the people kind of in your life, those those same gender people, like what a role they can play. We were actually listening to a podcast with our teenage sons where they were talking about dating and just the, you know, how rampant pornography is. And one of the hosts of that podcast, it was the Woe That Goods podcast with uh, Sadie Robertson and her husband, Christian, Sadie Robertson Huff, her husband, Christian Huff was speaking on this and said that back in college, you know, he had really struggled with porn and he was part of this, this Christian men's group. And he said every week they would come together and they would do prayer requests. And every week it was like, man, I fell again. You know, I'm still struggling with porn. And he said, we all realized though, you know, we're glad that we're sharing this our struggles and praying for each other, but when are we going to actually do something about it? And he said, it just completely changed the dynamic of that group and the dynamic of their lives because they actually started getting, you know, the the filtering software they needed. They, they actually started 
seriously holding each other accountable in a loving way. And we're able to overcome pornography. And I just thought, you know, that is the difference maker. It's being with people that aren't just going to tell you what you want to hear and aren't going to push it off and be like, man, you know, you're a dude or, you know, you're, you're a sexual lady. Like you need this. It's no big deal. Like we don't, you know, those people are fine, but that that's not who we need to really be listening to. We need godly people who love us, love the Lord. And, you know, as married people dealing with pornography, they need to, you know, love our spouse as well and be pro-marriage and, and really agree in, in, in agreement with us, say porn is bad for us. This is not God's best. In fact, it is a sin because we're lusting after other people. This is not enhancing our marriage because that is the narrative that I think even in Christian circles, like if you go to our Facebook marriage page, anytime we post anything about pornography, there's so many people like, yes, and amen, this has been my story. Now that I'm free from it, my marriage is so much better. But then you have a whole other group that is like, you guys are backward. This is stupid. It enhances our marriage. Um, You know, it doesn't mean that we're bad if we look at this or that, you know, this is just enhancing the sexual experience. And it just, it grieves me because I think I'm like, you bought into the lie. And I I don't say that on, you know, to be like holier than thou, it's just, we've lived it. Like we know this Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and we've seen marriages end over this very issue. And I just think that Satan, I mean, he, he wants us to believe that lie. And, you know, in the short term, Maybe it is going to give you guys a quicker and and better climax, like for one day. But like, what is that costing you as far as your true marital intimacy and the trust you have with each other? You know, what is that really costing you? And I would say it's costing you so much. It's holding you back. And it's like you're letting that that serpent in your bedroom every time you bring porn in. It's like you're just it's just this other thing that is just really like a wall in between you and it makes sex a solo sport. And it's not meant to be that it's meant to be, you know, a mutually gratifying experience between a husband and wife that isn't just a physical climax, but it's, it's a spiritual, mental, and emotional connection. Wow. Amen to all of that. You know, as we come to a close, I would love for you guys just to throw out some tips for our listeners to how they can have the most fulfilling marriage and sex lives. Obviously, as we've talked about pornography, rooting out pornography is one of those. But what other tips do you guys have for our married couples listening? Yeah, I mean, I would say um, so usually one spouse uh, has has a little bit higher drive. It's not, you know, stereotypically, again, it's it's the man, but it's it's not it's not all the time. Very often it's the woman. And I would say to both spouses, regardless of where that kind of spectrum is of maybe differences in drives of like both of you just be open to pursuing each other. Because, um, you know, there we we did an interview recently with our friend Shanti Feldhahn, who has a new book coming out. And one of the things she found in her latest research mm-hmm. is that uh, a huge percentage of both men and women don't fully feel in the mood, so to speak, for sex until they're well into foreplay, right. until they're well into that. And so if you're waiting just to be fully in the mood, you'll never get there until you actually start, you know, start making out, making out, you start prioritizing <laughs> it. And I yeah. think that just to be real practical, like couples need to schedule sex sometime. If it's not happening frequently, get it on the calendar and yeah. you think, well, that's not spontaneous. No, but you can still be spontaneous within that, you know, and you can be in spontaneous in addition to that. But if you're just you're waiting for it to feel like, you know, a scene from a a made up movie where, you know, both people just instantly at the same time want to rip each other's clothes off. That's usually not real life. And if you're waiting on that, you're just never going to have sex. Um, But if you'll prioritize it, you'll you'll pursue each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that both of you will end up a lot more satisfied. Absolutely. And I would add too, don't underestimate just how how much like a 
naked conversations, like conversations where you're extremely vulnerable with each other, how much that can really draw your hearts together and actually enhance your sex life. You know, we have some friends over at um, Lakewood Church, Ashley and Clayton. And, and I remember this story that she shared. She said that there was this this time they've been married probably 25 years and um, and they're also pastors in, in marriage ministry. But she said that there was this time where um, Clayton, there was something he had not told Ashley about, um, not like a, a sin against her or something, but he shared something from his child childhood that he had, he had not really trusted her with, like, as far as sharing that information, whatever it was. And, and she said that he started, he was like real, like building up to this moment. And he's like, I really want to talk to you. I just feel like God wants me to tell you this story. And so he like told her whatever the story was, and it had been like grieving him because he had held on to that. And he yeah. shares this story with her. And she said in that moment, she saw just the release and freedom on his face. But then she said, it made me feel so close to him. Yeah. And she said, I told him that I was like, man, I just don't know if I've ever felt closer to you. Thank you for trusting me with that information. And she's like, and I'm kind of turned on, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, what other stories? Yeah. Think of some other deep, dark stories. Some other like, stuff real quick. And she said, you know, we laugh about that. I mean, it was actually like a cathartic moment for them, for both of them. But I think that's how God designed it. Like, Think about all those things leading up to the bedroom. Don't do it just because of the bedroom, because you're hoping that sex happens. Do it because we're supposed to be naked. Like we're supposed to have a naked marriage, but like, don't underestimate those conversations. I think a lot of times people, especially in the thick of raising kids and having busy careers, we don't make time for that. So make time for that in your schedule every day. Like there should be at least, and this sounds very minimal, but at least 30 minutes of like talking to each other. And I know that sounds like nothing, but you would be surprised how many couples don't actually have a 30 minute conversation of real stuff, not talking about the schedule or the budget or the kids, like talk about your hopes, your dreams, your fears stuff. You know, it, it really goes a long way in really binding your hearts together. And just really quick, where can people find more information about what you guys do more information about the podcast? We'll be sure to link all of it in the show notes, of course, but if you just want to share that. Yeah. So you can uh, find us at Dave and um, our, the ministry we're part of is, uh, exomarriage.com. And that's probably the best website to find kind of everything at once. Um, the naked marriage podcast, you can find wherever you get your podcasts. And one book that I would recommend, especially if, if porn, um, has been, or is currently a part of your story, our book, the counterfeit climax, um, is really all about kind of working through porn issues, but also just lies and baggage related to sex. Yeah. And getting back to God's plan for for freedom and healing in that area, uh, and I think that it could it could really help you um, as we share a lot of our own story in that. Awesome, awesome! Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And let me ask you one final wrap up question here. So, do you get a lot of couples that actually listen to your podcast together, or is it usually one of the spouses? Because it seems like you guys are bringing all sorts of wisdom to the table and. What a great activity to do together as a couple so that, you know, you can start to kind of open up and, and feel more comfortable talking about these tough topics. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. that. That's our hope is that couples will listen to it together. And we do have a lot of couples that yeah. do listen to it together, but also sometimes they'll listen to it separately and then come back together at the end of the day and talk about it. And that's really always the goal is like, whether you're listening together or separately, come back together and talk about it to keep, you know, keep the conversation going. And so, uh, yeah, we, we kind of have both. Cool. That is awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us and all of our listeners out there. All of the links will be in the show notes. We definitely encourage you to yeah. check out the podcast and share it with your family and friends, because it's definitely a conversation we need to have more of as Christians, because we need to take back the culture when it relates to sexual 
intimacy and just sex in general. Like we need to own that. Uh, God created it and we need to just redeem that. So (laughs) anyways, from everybody here at Covenant Eyes, we just want to thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, take care and God bless.